How does time work in purgatory? What do we do in purgatory? Where is purgatory found in the Bible? How can you and I reduce our time in purgatory? Don't miss this program, Questions and Answers about Purgatory. Welcome to the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel, Salve Maria. I'm Brother Gustavo, and I'm here today with, again, Father Arthur Levnikian of the Heralds of the Gospels. He's a superior for the Heralds in Canada. I'm also with Brother Justin Bonian. Salve Maria, both of you. Salve, Salve Maria. Maria, Salve Maria podcast is, you know, is something kind of redundant, but it's interesting because actually Salve Maria is what defines the Heralds of the Gospel in many, many places. But today is a part two of uh, the, the podcast regarding Purgatory. So we were dealing with, okay, does purgatory exist? What are our conception about purgatory? Our conceptions about purgatory? How do we relate to purgatory? And then we placed several questions online and also in the interwebs or intrawebs, you know, like uh, Twitter, like all those things. And finally, many, many people sent their questions. So as a result, today we're going to have a program specific on questions, specific on questions that oh, yeah. probably you made there from the audience side. So, uh, and again, you know, this is a topic that we were talking off the mic with, with both of you. And some of, some Catholics, you know, we are, we are cradle Catholics, but sometimes we tend to think, you know, in Protestant terms when it comes to purgatory, right? I, I unfortunately believe that mm, many, if not most Catholics have a Protestant view when it comes to end of life issues. And it's just poor catechesis. Catechesis is fundamental, no? Catechesis, I think, Father, you can correct us, but I think, no, a poorly catechized person is basically someone who is open to all kinds of uh, problems. Malicious right? ideas, too. Mm -hmm. Malicious for their own salvation. Yeah, yeah. Or friends. You know, there are many questions that people say, you know, oh, there is a friend, you know, a friend told me. And you realize that friend is actually not Catholic, doesn't know anything about Catholic theology and messes us up. You know? How are we going to explain things to others if we don't know them ourselves? And actually, it is an obligation for us Catholics to know our faith very, very well in order to be able to be convinced because religion is a conviction. And religion is not a as you mentioned, a superstition or an impression or a feeling. It's not a feeling, it's a conviction. I heard the difference between philosophy and religion is that a philosophy is a mental state in which you logically work through an idea while religion changes your life. Exactly. Uh, and that's a problem we have in our world. People like philosophies because they're kind of cute but religion takes some effort, change of life, change of attitudes. You know, the word religion is, uh, it comes from Latin and it means religare. What are you linked to, ligare, linked to? What, what are you linked to? What, what is your, your uh, whole life, um, what is your point of reference? To whom you are yes. related? Hmm? So, so Philosophies everyone. can change throughout your life. Oh, yeah. Uh, but our, our religion is supposed to be what we are. It's what our core essence. Well, exactly. But here we go, no? because uh, apparently people are starting to wake up to the reality that there are Catholics. And the post-pandemics has shown that we have cultural Catholics 
right, left, and center. And now, you know, Precisely. the cultural Catholic is someone who follows the externals, but actually, if you squeeze a little bit, you no, know, like in the question of the of purgatory, uh, oh, we don't know, right? <laughs> I, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. I think. Uh, oh, I don't I, think. I feel. I feel. <laughs> Very good. So I don't know our panel today. If we if we are okay, we can go Wonderful. to the first question. Huh? And here we have Danielle, and Danielle says, "Okay, if Christ is the one who redeems us from our sins, then why do we still need to be purified before going into heaven?" Some people speculate that this means um, Jesus' sacrifice wasn't enough to purify us. Very good question, Daniel. Thank you. But um, I think, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a little <laughs> bit of a clarification, right? No, of course, Jesus is our Redeemer. Jesus is the Redeemer of the world. And his sacrifice is enough and was more than enough to make everyone go to heaven. By Jesus coming to the world and, and having the life he had and, and dying for us, that was enough for the whole humanity go go directly, without purgatory, <laughs> into heaven. But it doesn't work like this because we have to cooperate. He's not a dictator that he wants to send everyone to heaven even if you don't want to. No, you have to want and you have to adapt your, your life to what Jesus wants of you. Even Our Lady, no? Our Lady needed, needed to agree. Exactly. Yeah, it was exactly. very important. Exactly. I think one of the major problems people have, they want the easy way out. It's very easy to think about Jesus on the cross. Give me a ticket. For me. I'm He's saying, you know. for me, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm good. We can yeah. go. Um, again, this, this roots itself back into uh, the 15th century humanism issue in which we remove God as center and human, human person yeah. as now the center. And Luther found a very convenient way saying Jesus covers up for all of our iniquities, all of our sins, like snow on a dunghill. Faith is enough. I have faith in Jesus. He knows my faith. And the rest is easy. Sort of fide. Sort of fide, he called it. Huh? And that's an issue. And unfortunately, many Catholics have this universalist concept, which is rooted in Luther, not rooted in the scripture. Okay. Okay. So, so really for Daniel here, why do we still need to be purified before going into heaven? Free will. Free will. We need to we committed cooperate. Sin. We committed sin through free will. We need to be purified through our free will. We have to make that option, that choice, that desire. Otherwise, what does it mean? It will be something automatic. It doesn't need you to... to no. God loved me into existence... But I need to return some of that love also. But is this a Protestant error in concrete? Universalism? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So it's like a baker, you know. He wants, he's go, she's going to do bread. Okay. Somebody comes and brings all the ingredients to him for him to do bread. But he has to do it. Mm -hmm. Because it's his bread. Our Lord doesn't want that... Uh, that um, uh, you, you have nothing to do and uh, you will just, you know, uh, accept a determination of uh, uh, dictated by him that you're going to, to be saved. And again, that very problem you just mentioned brings us into another reformer's error, which was John Calvin, which is determinism, oh, exactly. which is that God just determines everything. Both sides are wrong, no. right? God wants us to have ownership. He's a good parent. He wants us to be involved. 
Look, it's not the form of hatred. It's not a form of anything else. It's a form of ultimate form of love. That's right. There Beautiful. We go. Wonderful. So next question is Veronica. Veronica tells us, okay, what is purgatory found in the Bible? Oh. The word purgatory is not in the Bible. Oh. As many other words that we believe are not in the Bible. Trinity, or the Trinity is not in the Bible. Incarnation. So, incarnation is not in the Bible. Nevertheless, it exists. So to say that something is not, the word is not there, you know, it's childish. It's very, very, very simplistic. Now, the concept of purgatory, of course, is in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, it's in the, the uh, especially in the book of Maccabees, uh, on chapter 2, uh, which uh, Judas Maccabees, you know, uh, after defeating Uh, gorgeous uh, he uh, he sees that there are many uh, many many of his soldiers many many uh, Jews that died and uh, he wants to pray for them so what does he do um, chapter uh, 12 he says uh, verse 45 he says uh, he also took up a collection man by man to the amount of 2,000 denarius or drachmas of silver and send it to Jerusalem to provide for a sin offering. So for prayers, he sent, you know, for, to Jerusalem as a prayer to pray for what? For the dead, because he, he realized that maybe they are in purgatory. So this is a very clear reference and that we need to pray. And these were people that were using pagan amulets exactly. who had died, who were playing, playing the field in a sense. So this is something, that, uh, a sense of a purification. purification. They were impure. Mm. The Jews also had this sin mm. offering possibility. Which sin part offering, of their, that's part of their yeah? Part of their theology. It's important for us to remember that. So he continues uh, saying, In doing this, he acted very well and honorably, taking account of the resurrection. So he was conscious that there's going to be a resurrection that uh, and they have to be purified before this final resurrection were in a place what's the name doesn't matter the name the name was given obviously after but it's a, a place of purification mm. and we, we see this point of the uh, of this necessity of purgatory a purgatory like place mentioned by St. Paul, mentioned by St. John, by St. James. So it was very much a thing mm -hmm. in the early yeah. church. Exactly. But no one opposed it. Right. Therefore, you do not have the necessity of doctrine. Saying someone with a hammer, knocking the hammer down, saying, you must believe this. Everyone believed it, therefore we continue. That's wonderful. Now, there is a second part of Veronica's question, and she asks, okay, but then what is the connection between purgatory and indulgences? Well, that, that, that's, uh, that's a good question. That, that's um, uh, because of temporal punishment, we uh, have uh, to pay on, on earth for the uh, atonement for our sins. So we sin, sin has a consequence, and we have, um, we, we have a punishment. And this punishment, this temporal punishment, uh, we are forgiven of sin in confession, but still we have to pay for it. So we, we can uh, pay for our temporal punishment on earth 
by doing uh, different acts as prayers, sacrifice, fasting, almsgiving, and indulgence. Indulgence is a, is a mercy that the, the, the church gives in order to uh, reward you for something good that you're doing for your salvation. The church increases the benefit of this good act that you're doing by giving you an indulgence, an extra it's a plus, you know, to what you have done. It can be a prayer. And this was entrusted to the church by Christ on the cross. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for us. It, it's yeah. just, it goes back to Christ. He entrusted to his church. Right. This is something invented. The authority to... Authority. The authority this, to, this, to this, is, this is, this to is his sacrifice. Sure. Uh, actually, you know, the good thief... What did he just do? I mean, did, did he pay for his sins? No, he gave him plenary indulgence. Plenary indulgence. <laughs> he gave and him everything. Everything. So he, has, he, he was not only forgiven of his uh, eternal punishment because he had sinned, but he was also forgiven of his temporal punishment because Jesus wanted and gave plenty, uh, full indulgence to him. Why? Because he desired. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And he also could see the heart of the good thief. That's another problem whenever we look at these questions of, of the, uh, purgatory is God is the judge. God sees the heart. God sees the purity of heart and the contrition. How sorry are they for their sin? You and I, we can't tell. God is the judge and he sees and he judges. Precisely. Because he has to see, uh, Jesus sees the bottom of the soul. If the, 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 it's, it's something that only God can see. Uh, so if the person in, in, the, in the center of his soul, he's really sorry and he wants to identify himself with the Lord Jesus Christ fully, he's completely forgiven. But who can say if this happens or not? Nobody. Nobody can, can judge. Only our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's also good to remember no, that purgatory is not there to cleanse mortal sin. Mm -mm. No. no. It's only to, 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 to cleanse the imperfections that do not allow us to get into heaven. Right? Yeah, I think that's a misconception that came through some of the questions where people, people thought that it was kind of a, last, a, a way along, along to solve mortal sins that were committed along the mm. way. No, that's not the case. Venial, yes. Mortal, no. The um, mortal sin is forgiven only by confession. Venial sin can be forgiven without confession, but both they they have to, you have to pay for your venial sins and for your mortal sins. You ha you have to pay, as we said, or on earth or in purgatory. So. Um, this is uh, the, the, the consequences of, uh, of your sin. You have to pay them, you know, even if it's mortal or even if it's uh, not mortal, if it's venial sin, both you have to pay. But in purgatory, yeah, definitely, no, it's a matter of... You pay for sins, both, yes. ...perfections and everything else. That purgatory can only cleanse venial sins, no? That's, that's the reality. Yes, but, but also it cleanses venial sin, but also you pay... Uh, for the temporal punishment of your venial sins and of your mortal sins, also in purgatory, right? And it's so the, venial, the, the mortal sins that are already forgiven through confession. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I want to read the actual passage from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We're looking at verse uh, at paragraph um, ten thirty. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is, and this actually will summarize it quite well. 
all who die in God's grace and friendship, but still imperfectly purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation. But after death, they undergo purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. That's it. Beautiful. They were imperfectly purified. Well, mortal sin, that's not imperfectly purified. Wonderful. Very mm -hmm. good. So let's move to the next question. Sophia asks, okay, how does time work in purgatory? Interesting. We don't know, actually, because it, purgatory is in eternity already. So it's not the time on earth. It's, it's a different time. We, I think we use the word time because we have to use a certain terminology that we, we are familiar to. But certainly uh, the time in purgatory is not the same as on oh, earth. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, time is a creature of God, mm -hmm. right? Created for us humans. Not, and that's very similar to how our Lord talked about Sabbath, right? The Sabbath was created for man, not not the other way around. Mm -hmm. um, we also see that um, in various other elements within this time spectrum, um, that eternity element. Also, we see that within the beginning of Genesis, where the writer of Genesis is trying to explain how the world was created. And he uses the period of days. The days, yeah. But if, you, if you're a little critical, you, you end up looking at it saying day and the moon and the sun are created, I believe, in one iteration. It's on the third day. Well, how did you measure day and it night? Before that, yeah. You don't have, it's a period to be, it's for our poor brains to comprehend what is being told to us. We need structures for understanding. And if we don't have structures to understand, we can't comprehend of course, the Holy Spirit uses, you know, in the Bible, uses uh, human terminology to explain divine events, which are obviously much superior than, than the than human events. And that's where the that radical uh, Protestant concept uh, about uh, reading Scripture in a very literal format is insane. Insane. Because yeah. the Holy Spirit inspiring the writers of the books of the Old Testament and the, and the New Testament is trying to bring something far above our own knowledge to our understanding. And the literal way of doing it ends up always breaking your leg along the way. So, but we can say that there are 10 years in purgatory. There are 20 years in purgatory. In the sense, it's our measurement from here, but not their measurement. Is that of course. correct? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. So, this brings us to another very interesting question. Stephen is asking, do martyrs go to purgatory or they go straight to heaven? Um, yep. <laughs> it has been pacifically uh, you know, accepted by the church that a martyr giving everything, because the martyr gives his whole life you know, for Lord Jesus Christ, he uh, doesn't have anything to uh, to expiate for because he has given everything to our Lord Jesus Christ already. He has uh, offered everything that, that he has. So obviously he doesn't go to purgatory. He has already been forgiven and uh, transformed. But martyrdom also is a gift, is, is, is a supreme a grace, grace yeah. of the Holy Spirit, which enacts such virtues that in that sense it burns away all the faults. Of course. All the faults and failings. So exactly. it reinvents the person. It puts them into a whole different... So the, in a sense, their purgation is their martyrdom. 
exactly. There, there is a, a connotation in there too, no? because the instinct of conservation mm -hmm. right, is so powerful that unless there is a grace given by God, the person cannot no, accept uh, death, right? go over that instinct of conservation. Eventually, you know, it, it's an impossible unless there is a particular... You, know, you look at the case beautiful. of Saint Ignatius of Antioch <coughs> saying, I want my flesh crushed to make the body of Christ. That's not natural. That's 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 a supernatural that's sense of courage. Mm. That's human. We humans, when we encounter death, we quiver and we shake. It's a miracle. We don't huh? embrace. Oh, absolutely, it's, it's a miracle of the grace that the person can reach that kind of perfection. So when you reach that perfection, you are perfect. So you need to go to purgatory. You're already perfect, as my heavenly Father is perfect. So then he doesn't need to go to purgatory. We can also advise maybe Stephen to go read the book of Revelation, no? Yeah. Where at a certain moment, no, St. John is shown and, and, and he's shown that those who um, cleansed or washed their garments yes. in, in the blood, blood of the yeah. Lamb. Yeah. Yeah, that's the famous line that our, that our friends like to use, the 144,000, if mm -hmm. you're part of the 144,000. <laughs> no, that's another story. <laughs> By the way, Igor asks, what do we need to do in Purgatory? If there is uh, <laughs> <A program laughs> something, can, can we do something? <laughs> <laughs> What's in the program in the purgatory? We don't know exactly. <laughs> At what time you wake up in the morning? <laughs> but uh, we can pray for others, but we cannot pray for ourselves. Yeah, for instance. Yes, of course. They're constantly praying for others. Constantly praying. I think you're praying. I think also you're understanding beautiful things that you don't understand on earth, because uh, it's part of your education. As for sure, in purgatory, you learn things that maybe you should have learned on earth, and because you were lazy or this and that, etc., you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to learn it in purgatory. Ah, but nice. of course, the teachers of Lord Jesus Christ, so it's a beautiful you know, Holy Spirit, <laughs> catechism. The ultimate teacher of the soul is, is forming you and showing you where you went wrong. Wonderful. So yes. as, can we say that as much as a person, say, progresses in the stay in purgatory, right, where this rectification is happening, the person all of a sudden feels better, no? And, and, and understands better. God. Well, that's the image we had in our last one, talking about as mm -hmm. a hospital, right? Although it's painful, but you're improving. You're becoming better. He's going up, no? He's, go he's getting better. And for sure, you know, Mary also appears in purgatory once in a while. And just to see her, you know, they, they, they must feel Enjoy. wonderfully well, well. And maybe she explains something and maybe she tells one or on another, well, you're going to go out in such a moment. And, you know, you're, almost you're almost ready. You're almost ready, ready you know. <laughs> uh, so this answers Nick's uh, question placed by Igor here because he says, Igor says, if time is not a concept, uh, do we just wait? Uh, so, something like a doctor's office until they call our number? No, I don't think no it's passive like it's that. not passive. No, we just understand and grow and purify and ourselves. Oh, yes. There's a desire to improve. Mm. It is not just sitting back and reading 10 year old magazines. <laughs> 300 years reading, reading no, 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 magazines. That's no, Dutch no. purgatory? No, you've missed the boat on that. No, no, that's good. Now, Diego asks, okay, then. What determines why someone would go to purgatory? Um, would people that are not Christian but live a good life uh, may end up in purgatory too? Mm. God is merciful. We don't know the road of God's providence. 
We don't. Sure. But the ordinary route is through the sacraments and through the church. Uh, God's merciful, and God sees the soul of each person. Because, uh, of course, you have to be baptized not to, to go to go into, into heaven. That would be the that. ordinary path. Exactly, the ordinary path. But we know that there are different types of baptism. One is the baptism of uh, water, the, mm-hmm. the sacrament of, of baptism. Another one is the baptism of, um, of desire. Desire. The, the person doesn't know, doesn't understand. He didn't have the opportunity in his life to understand the, the church. Nobody approached him. No priest came and, and offered him, you know, to become a Christian, etc. Or there is something called invisible, no, invincible uh, ignorance. Ignorance, exactly. So the person doesn't have the capability of to understand. Sure. Yeah. If our last show, we were talking about Dante. Mm-hmm. The character that would most impersonate that would be Virgil. Yeah, exactly. Virgil's a pagan, mm-hmm. but he didn't have a way of knowing. Right? So he's left in purgatory, mm. waiting for to be finally liberated. Yeah. But he's not mm-hmm. resentful. He's not angry. No. no, no, no. He just yeah. says, I unfortunately didn't receive the revelation. So, yeah. so of course, um, um, non, non-Christian, non-baptized, eventually also they can go to purgatory in order to be purified and go, go to heaven. So that, because they, they had the baptism of desire. Hmm? Yes. So this brings us to another question. Veronica asks, how can I reduce my time in purgatory? So when you are in purgatory, what can you do to reduce your time? Nothing. Nothing. Mm. No. Others can help you. Exactly. Others can pray for you. Others can make sacrifices for you. Others can give almsgiving for your benefits. But you yourself in purgatory are helpless in that sense. Yes, because the only time that that God gave you to to get merits is on earth. So that's why. What can we do on earth to reduce our purgatory? That yes is a very interesting question. And I think that's that's the second part probably of her question, or maybe the intention the, in the beginning. No, okay. So before purgatory, how yeah. can I reduce my time there? Okay, on earth. On earth, yes. So on, on earth, well, I have to be a good. Christian, a good Catholic, I have to uh, um, follow the commandments, especially the first one, love God above all things. You, know? you love us to grow every day. And you have to avoid sin. You have to avoid occasions of sin. You have to, uh, you have to pray for, uh, for you, and you have to pray for the others, and you have to pray for the source of purgatory, knowing that maybe you one day are going to be in purgatory. And when you pray for the souls of purgatory, you know that they are praying for you no. because they are extremely thankful because you are the only people, that, the only person that, that can pray for them. So if they um, feel the benefit of your prayers, they're going to reward you enormously. I, I think also within Christian piety, we have the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And this abounds awesome. very well here, to pray for the dead. Exactly. Right? And this is a spiritual act of mercy, which we're, through confirmation, we're expected to practice. Unfortunately, like many things in our faith, many people have forgotten these, 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 this practice of the spiritual and corporal acts of mercy. Um, for example, to go and visit someone's tomb and pray at their tomb is a spiritual act of mercy. Mm-hmm. People don't think of it like that. They forget to give alms, to pray, to offer sacrifices, sacrifices that come into your life, 
to take them uh, nicely, to accept even some injustices that, that you, you, you may uh, suffer from other people. This is very common. And you accept them, you know, uh, with, um, uh, with a good disposition, even though it is not just, but you accept them because Jesus also uh, suffered in an unjust way. Absolutely. So you, you, you feel that you're being identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. He suffered and I suffered the same way. This is beautiful. In, this in, in, your past, soul. in past uh, generations, when things wouldn't go your way, the common mantra, if you want to use that word, was offered up, right? Mm -hmm. Things are not working out, offered up. Yeah. Don't complain, offer it up. Okay. And unfortunately, that's gone. We just complain. Actually, what we do is we complain and we get a therapist. Yeah. Who will listen to us complain <laughs> for a lot of money. But mm -hmm. also it's important to offer prayers in reparation for our sins. Yes. No? And that's a spectacular way to reduce our time in progress. Of course. Absolutely. 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 Mm -hmm. um, okay. Cecilia comes and says, does the dogma of the queenship of Mary say she's the queen only of heaven and earth or also the queen of purgatory? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I, think, I, th I think we've made it clear that the souls in purgatory are saved. Holy souls. So mm -hmm. why would she not be the queen of the most necessitated souls? The souls most in need of her love and protection. She is a good queen. She is not a cursed, cruel, mean individual. She is there and loves us beyond measure. So she takes care of these souls in a particular and tender manner. And in reality, Our Lady visits Purgatory often, yes. according to what the saints tell us. Yes. And, she, and she goes and brings some relief temporary through her presence, no, for them to, to have a foretaste of how heaven is going to be. So I think, you know, we can say, yes, she's also Absolutely. the queen of heaven and earth and Purgatory. Of course. Absolutely. So another question that is uh, uh, anonymous, but says, my question is related to avoiding a long time in purgatory. Under what conditions does the sacrament of the anointing of the sick restore our baptismal purity? Nice question, eh? Because uh, basically when we receive the anointing, Father, Brother Justin, what happens? Well, it, it all has to matter on how we receive the sacrament. Right, mm -hmm. I mean, all the sacraments ex operato, right? They're they're the worked work. So it's it's as the church gives, but and how we receive. What is our state of contrition? How sorry are we for the sins that we've committed? What is our desire of compunction? Right. Um, let's say you are fully in understanding of the severity of your sin that you have committed during your life, and you are completely in the hands of God's mercy. You completely, and you don't do it because you're scared of hell, but you do it because of that you offended God and who is all good and deserving of all your love, as we say in the act of contrition. So an act of perfect contrition. Well, there's possibilities. Absolutely. Um, it all, a lot of these things lie in our lap. On the but let, us, let us say the person has the perfect disposition. Contrition. Perfect so, contrition. Yeah, so when you go and receive the anointing of the sick, you actually, your baptismal uh, innocence. innocence is restored. It's restored. It could be restored, absolutely. That would be a nice uh, topic eh, for the next one yeah. of the next programs, yeah. right? Because uh, baptism. Exactly. baptism. Baptism is powerful. Unfortunately, Unfortunately sacraments, well. lots of people wait 
too much to receive the sacrament of the of the sick. They yes. they, they they wait mm -hmm. for the uh, for the person who is sick, you know, almost to be dead. already in conscience, almost dying, and then they call the priest. No, they should call him first. There are some superstitious people oh, yeah. if you yeah. call the priest, he's going to die. So no. don't call no, no, because if you no. call. No. I, I heard once, but like this is that we have a mistaken idea about the sacrament of the sick. We think it's the sacrament of the dead. You only call the priest when the person's basically exactly. pulse is given out. But it's 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 a it's a sacrament of healing. It could heal the person physically and, and spiritually. So it's extremely important, extremely important to receive that sacrament. The best way to be prepared for your last judgment. Wonderful. Norma brings us again to the to the field of sacrifices, and then she says, um, "Daily prayers for the salvation of the souls in purgatory um, can be offered, but can good deeds also be lifted up for them?" Definitely, right? Of good course. deeds, sacrifices, prayers. Uh, good actions, no, where you do something for others. Again, you know, going to the the, the spiritual and corporal acts of mercy, right? All of those elements are good and 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 beneficial for your spirit, for your spiritual life, for your walking towards heaven, but also can be offered for the assistance of the souls in purgatory. Exactly. Yeah, so it's it's beneficial on all all sides. And actually, a good idea to put that intention when you do something good. Or almsgiving, or you, you bring some flowers to the church, or whatever, you put the intention, I'm going to offer this for uh, for the source of purgatory, for but somebody in your family. It's the intention that counts. Mm, exactly. So it isn't the fact that you bought the most beautiful rose that's a, that's a that you could find in, a, in any florist in the city. It can be a little dandelion, which is nasty in itself, but if you do it with a good intention or a pure intention, it can have the same value. It's not the thing in itself. It's the intention that's doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. So the next question, Danny asks us, can the holy souls come and, within quotes, bother us for prayers? If God permits it. Absolutely. A soul in purgatory can approach God and say, can I go there and, and talk to my friends? Or is there something that, uh, how, how does it work? I don't know, but I think yes. I think the, the, a soul, you know, he can ask um, to appear to somebody. Maybe he has to uh, claim something good that he has done, and and in consideration for this, then he can ask God to appear, for example, for a member of the family or to a, to another religious. As it happened, you know, it happened many many times and. Even the, there is a, an, an amazing proof of that at the Museum of the Purgatory, which exists in Rome, uh, in, a, in a church near the Vatican, that uh, there is a museum with uh, many objects that a priest in, in 1897 called Father Victor Jouet, he, um, there was a fire in the church, in this church in Rome, and after the fire, he noticed that on one of the walls there was the physiognomy of a woman, but very sad, like crying. That was imprinted, and it was not there before. Mm. So no. he, he, he was very shocked, and he uh, decided to um, to build a church in honor of the source of purgatory in Rome. So he went to, he went uh, through Europe, asking for um, for funds to build a church, and um, in many places they gave him some souvenirs 
of events that had taken place because of the apparition of souls of purgatory. In, in Todi, in 1731, there is an abbot of Mantua, a Benedictine abbot, who appeared to the abbess of the poor clerks, uh, Sister Isabel. And, um, and he asked her to pray. And as a sign that he was in purgatory, he just put his hand on her desk. And it, it was completely burned. So she kept this, and this, then this was given to, to this father, Victor. Father Victor took it to Rome, and it's there in the museum. You can see it's a proof of, uh, a physical proof of, uh, of a soul that, uh, that is in purgatory and asks for prayers. Very good. There is another question here. Can ghosts, or what we call ghosts, actually be holy souls looking for help? Or can they be devils trying to confuse? Well, we never know. It can be one thing or the other. It can be devils, you know, souls. What's the purpose of their visit? Right? Is yeah, but the fruit, you know, the tree, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. If, it's, if it's causing you to pray, to have trust in God, exactly. then it's, it's beneficial. It's a good soul. If I'm scaring you, if no. I'm um, disturbing you, if I'm causing you to lose faith in God, well... Yeah. Obvious, no. And that is exactly. why it's so important, the use of holy water, no? to have holy water accessible. Sure. Because exactly. you can make the test right away. If there is yeah. a holy soul in purgatory, you use holy water, and it's going to be welcomed. They're happy. Yes. They're happy. Not, <laughs> I, I, I think back when we were talking about a few minutes ago about souls coming to visit or bother, um, again, we go back to the point that these souls in purgatory are not enemies of God, right? They're in purgation, they're cleaning up, but they're not in enemies. No. So if it is for the good of souls, God and God sees that it is something beneficial, he will then send them. This is interesting. I have a quote here from St. John Chrysostom, which goes, let us help and commemorate them. If Job's sons were purified by their father's sacrifice, why would we doubt that our offerings for the dead bring them some consolation? Let us not hesitate to help those who have died and offer our prayers for them. Beautiful. St. John Chrysostom, and mm -hmm. that puts you at a point, right? Again, this is early church, mm -hmm. fathers of the church. We're sure. talking about early point. So it's really important. So um, again, if you look, if you want to find more beautiful quotes, you have um, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, 1031 and to 1032, those paragraphs are all dedicated to the biblical background and the church tradition. So Gregory the Great, John Chrysostom, and many others. And this is interesting, Brother Justin, because many times we think that catechism is only for little children when they're going for First Communion. Or, uh, <laughs> well, you know, the, the question and answers that is, uh, so people say catechism, why do I need catechism if that's only for children? No, there is, we have here in the, in the program, we have the book, and it's, highly advisable for every Catholic from time to time to go and re revisit mm -hmm. and revisit the, the, the topics we need. But so that's much. an obligation of a, of a confirmed Catholic is to learn their faith and to be able to defend their faith if necessary. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, uh, and here, last question by Danny. He says, what is a disembodied spirit? And I have to confess, uh, I don't know. So can you <laughs> please? <laughs> it's any spirit without a body. Uh-huh, spirit without a yeah, body. Spirit without but, body. So yeah. the body died, spirit mm -hmm. is no longer part of the body, mm -hmm. and it's gone on to... So that could be a person who is in heaven or a person who is in hell. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. A reprobate mm -hmm. or uh, a, a soul that is gone 
to heaven. One thing you have to watch out for, and this is very important, is that um, at no point can a human become an angel. Mm-hmm. We're different. We're different beings. We're different creatures of God. So when if you're a good human, you don't just pop up as an angel. No, you're uh, a human in beatific vision. If you're in heaven, if our soul in purgatory, or you're a reprobate in hell, you don't become a demon. You don't become the devil. You don't be. <laughs> no, unfortunately, that's uh, taught in many Catholic circles, which is uh, completely erroneous. Interesting. Sandra asks, what do you know about a prayer that is purported to release souls from purgatory or prayers in general? What do you recommend that we could pray for the souls in purgatory? Is it any prayer or actually there are some particular ones that the church recommends? Well, yes. Uh, I brought a prayer here, which is a a very famous prayer of St. Gertrude the Great. She was a 13th century German nun. She was a mystic. And she has a a beautiful prayer for the souls of purgatory. And the prayer says like this. This is something that that is nice to to pray, you know, um, uh, often. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus Christ, in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory. She's offering her prayers, but in union with the Mass, and it's very uh, theological, this, because actually the Mass is the highest uh, offering that that exists. So to unite your prayers to the Mass is the best thing that you can do. And I offer them for what? For sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, for those in my home, in my family, for those who are in purgatory. I offer everything uh, for them. To, for them to be released is my act of charity. There's a beautiful uh, prayer of uh, St. Gertrude. There is also a question here that, you know, people were asking how time works in purgatory, and also somebody's asking what about the size, width, and depth of purgatory? <laughs> because, he, you know, this person says, uh, no, it's a very good question. Since the creation up to this time, purgatory could be so big to accommodate all the souls who died. Is there an information about the size, width, and depth of purgatory? <laughs> but we're talking about about souls that uh, don't have a, a, no, a, a body. Just, it very... sounds like the debates going on at the time of St. Thomas Aquinas in the Sorbonne, in which they were arguing how many angels dance on top of a top of a needle. Um, and it ended up being, yeah, it, they don't have, they don't take space. Okay. You can have a million, you can have a million angels on top of a exactly. needle. Um, and don't worry, there's still room in purgatory for all of us, right? There's still room. There's, yeah. So the, we, we don't know exactly how is purgatory. Uh, is it also a physical place? Maybe. We, we know that essentially it doesn't need to because it's for the souls. So, so it's, a, it's a state of spirit. Purgatory is um, it, it's, it's a state of the spirit in which the spirit is being purified by God himself. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful. He, in a certain sense, it's a recreation of the person, purgatory, as, in the same way that God created us when he decided that we were going to exist and he united the soul that he did with our body and he created us. In purgatory, he is, he is 
finalizing this creation. He's purifying this masterpiece that we're going to be in heaven. And it's a, it's a wonderful state. Now, this doesn't need to be a physical place because we are talking about spirits. But maybe also purgatory is a physical place. God is it's transcendent he can do anything he wishes he's all powerful mm -hmm. if he desired to make it a physical place he makes a physical place if he doesn't desire to have a physical sure. it doesn't need to be whatever is more perfect he will do it yeah we yeah. live in the most perfect of all the possible worlds we are in the most perfect best possible world mm -hmm. and that's something important for us to look at even with, imperf with imperfections, even with sins, even with things that happen. It's still the best. It's still the best. Because whatever we would choose would be far inferior. Edita asks, what about the souls in Purgatory we have prayed for? How can we know if they already moved from Purgatory to heaven? I don't know. Unless they manifest themselves in a certain way, what happens, huh? We know that sometimes souls of purgatory, you know, they appear and they say, "I'm, I'm, I'm leaving," or this or that, etc. But we don't know when they when they. But I think leave. sometimes this question has as a basis that, can my prayers be wasted? Ah. So if I pray for Joey, mm -hmm. who I believe is in purgatory, and Joey's not there, do my prayers get wasted? And what I've read, I think, it was from Saint Alphonsus Liguri, is that God knows your intention. Mm -hmm. Again, it's intention. And he applies that to the best, in the best possible of way. Course. So if you're praying for Joey, and Joey is in hell, he's not in heaven, those prayers will be applied to someone else, which you get full benefit. <laughs> exactly. you, get, you get more benefit than anything else, right? God sees your intention, sees the purity of your intention, and he will take care of it. So there's no loss involved here. And if Joe is in heaven, he's also very pleased and he, and he will reward you even more because, you know, I am already in heaven and you're still and, praying and, for and me. And those <laughs> prayers will go towards someone who's in need. Plus. Yeah, plus. So it's all plus. No, plus. There's no negative. There's no missing. You don't, you don't shoot it and it disappears. No. But also we can add, you know, to, as an answer to Edita too, that at the same time, the souls that are in heaven are no are saints already and so they are going to find a way to let you know no because imagine if we prayed for them no if we insisted we do did all kinds of things obviously the ones they are in heaven they're not going to just say oh forget it that's it i am here now it's a matter of you know a very delicate relationship in which for sure yeah. the saints heaven is made up of charity in the most perfection mm -hmm. of charity and that love of neighbor because it comes from that love of God and that connection with God. So, no, they definitely not be forgotten. Are souls that are going to exist... No, <laughs> let's put it this way. Souls that can remain in purgatory until the end of the world? Is that something as of a possibility? Our Lady said that in Fatima. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess so. Yeah. Again, time is difficult. We've already talked about that. Time is very complicated. Of course. We know that purgatory will finish. Yes. We know that, that uh, at, the, at the end of the world, purgatory will disappear. So all those who are in purgatory till the end of the world, they know that at that moment they're going to heaven. Now, 
why they're going to stay there so long, etc. That is such a mystery. So, of uh, it's the, the it's soul. A divine mystery. And each person is judged independently, and so. according to their calling, to their intention. And it's it's not it really it is a point where we can't judge. We don't have the tools to make that judgment call. We can't understand. We have to have faith and trust. It's so complex because there are so many factors that can can intervene. Because as you mentioned, it depends also the calling of the person. If God had a calling for for that person that is very very high, and she didn't correspond to that. Of course, she will be more uh, more chastised, more in purgatory than another person who didn't have such a calling. Um, I believe it was Saint Teresa of Avila, right, who ends up going to purgatory to make a genuflection. Yes, exactly. Because she Beautiful. wasn't what she should have been, although she was a great saint. She was a little bit impatient. That's, a little bit. Uh, well, she's Spanish. You expect that. <laughs> <laughs> but but she but she still had mm. two. You know, correct that imperfection. Um, That's important, you know, because we think, again, heaven is not that God doesn't want you. It's that heaven, in heaven, nothing that is imperfect can enter. So eventually, even, you know, it's St. Teresa, the great, you know, St. Teresa of Jesus, she needed to do a small genuflection in purgatory so she could go there, right, to heaven. I think uh, that's <laughs> important. And that's a mistake that many people have in the back of their minds, is that purgatory is a type of hell, Hell light. And that's very incorrect. No, completely. Absolutely. Right. So. so to wrap up, to finish our program here that has been so interesting, we have a tradition that every time we finish the program, we have a suggestion to make to our to the people who follow so that they can learn more about the topic we 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 we, we touched in the program. So let's start. Father, what would be your recommendation? I suggest to pray, that, that you, you pray, and I would like to pray with you now, with all those who are assisting this uh, program, that we could say a prayer to the source of purgatory, that we will all benefit of this. O gentle heart of Jesus, ever present in the blessed sacrament, ever consumed with burning love, for the poor captive souls in purgatory, have mercy on them. And... Merciful Savior, send your angels to conduct them to a place of refreshment, light, and peace. Amen. Amen. Beautiful recommendation. Brother Justin, what do you recommend? I would go with the 15 promises of St. Bridget of Sweden. They are a tradition in many places in the world, and most times they are said for the soul's purgatory. Wonderful, wonderful. And so that's why my recommendation would be geared upon uh, learning more about the Catholic doctrine, because again, poor catechization is at the source of big disasters, and we don't have to we don't have to do that, right? We just can go here to the source, Catechism of the Catholic Church, and all of our answers can be actually uh, found. Father, let's finish with a good blessing uh, on the people who are listening to us. Of course, for all of you and also for the souls in purgatory. The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.